0: I invite you to please stand as you are able for our reading today. Our reading comes from the book of Acts, chapter eight, beginning with verse twenty-six, where we hear these words. Then an angel of the Lord said to Philip, "Get up and go toward the south road, to the road that goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. This is a wilderness road." So he got up and went. Now there was an Ethiopian eunuch. A court official of the Kandake, queen of Ethiopians, in charge of her entire treasury. He had come to Jerusalem to worship and was returning home seated in his chariot. He was reading the prophet Isaiah. Then the Spirit said to Philip, Go over to this chariot and join it. So Philip ran up to it and heard him reading the prophet Isaiah. He asked, Do you understand what you are reading? He replied, How can I, unless someone guides me? And he invited Philip to get in and sit beside him. Now the passage of the scripture that he was reading was this. Like a sheep he was led to the slaughter, and like a lamb silent before its shearer. So he does not open his mouth. In his humiliation justice was denied him. Who can describe his generation? For his life is taken away from the earth. The eunuch asked Philip, About whom, may I ask you, does the prophet say this? About himself or about someone else? Then Philip began to speak, and starting with this scripture, he proclaimed to him the good news about Jesus. And as they were going along the road, they came to some water, and the eunuch said, Look, here is water. What is to prevent me from being baptized? He commanded the chariot to stop, and both of them, Philip and the eunuch, went down to the water, and Philip baptized him. When they came up out of the water, the Spirit of the Lord snatched Philip away. The eunuch saw him no more, and went on his way rejoicing. The Word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. You may be seated. Beloved family of God, grace and peace to you from God our Creator and our Lord and Savior Jesus the Christ. Amen. One of my favorite authors is a Nigerian woman named Chimamanda Adichie. And she gave a TED Talk a number of years ago called The Danger of a Single Story. And in it, she describes leaving Nigeria to come to school here in the U.S. She was 19 years old and says that when she got here to move into her dorm at university, her roommates were shocked by her. She defied a lot of their preconceived notions of what a Nigerian roommate would be like. They asked her where she learned to speak English so well. And she said, well, English is the official language in Nigeria. And they asked her if they could listen to what they called her tribal music. She says they were subsequently very disappointed when she produced her cassette tape of Mariah Carey. (laughs) Her roommates had a singular story about her because of where she was from. They assumed that she must fit in these certain boxes, boxes of difference that were set apart from them. And it's these singular stories of difference that I've been thinking a lot about this week as I've been looking at this story of Philip and the Ethiopian eunuch from Acts 8. As modern readers, when we hear Ethiopian eunuch, our brains are primed to hear difference. From our text, we can piece together quite a bit of their identity. We hear these words from the text. Now, there was an Ethiopian eunuch, a court official of the Kandake, queen of the Ethiopians, in charge of her entire treasury. A little history for us. The Kandake was the name given to all the female rulers of the kingdom of Kush, which is a kingdom whose territory goes down the eastern side of the African continent. Ethiopian was the Greek term used in this day for black-skinned people, generally applied to people from this area. So the first thing that we can tell about the Ethiopian eunuch is that his skin is black. The next thing we hear is that he's a eunuch. Now, what's a eunuch? It's someone who doesn't necessarily fit within a male category, doesn't necessarily fit within a female category, because they were either made a eunuch or born a eunuch. So the second thing we can tell is that the Ethiopian eunuch is someone who exists in this in-between space of gender. The third thing we hear is that they're in charge of the queen's entire treasury. So he's probably pretty good at math, right? He's trustworthy. He's close to power. He has access to power. So then what do we hear next? He had come to Jerusalem to worship and was returning home, seated in his chariot. He was reading the prophet Isaiah. So the fourth thing that we learn is that he was coming from Jerusalem where he had gone to worship. We don't know whether or not he had been able to worship necessarily because in the Torah there are prohibitions in place that didn't allow eunuchs into the temple, but that's at least why he was there. He had gone for the purpose of worship. So we can discern that he was Jewish, probably not by birth, but was perhaps a convert seeking to worship in the temple in Jerusalem. We hear that he was seated in his chariot. Did you catch that? He's not seated in the queen's chariot. He was seated in his chariot. So the fifth thing that we learn is that he had enough resources, being the treasurer for the queen, that he had enough resources to have his own chariot. Finally, he's in his own chariot, reading from the prophet Isaiah. He can read. Because of the scripture that he later quotes, we can tell that he's reading what's called the Septuagint, which is a Greek translation of the Hebrew scriptures, or what we call the Old Testament. So the sixth and seventh thing that we can learn about him is that he's educated enough to read and is at least bilingual. Can speak at least two languages or read at least two languages. This is a complex person. There are a lot of things about them that we miss if we reduce who he is to a single story. No single part of his identity Tells the whole story. The Ethiopian eunuch can hold all these different identities together because they make up who he is as a beloved child of God. And the same is true for us. There's no single identity that defines us. We're not defined solely by our race or our gender or our age or ability or disability or sexuality or where we're from or our education level, our political affiliation, how big our house is, how fancy our car is, or any other singular thing in all of creation cannot define who we are. We're defined by only one name. And that's child of God. And guess what? If we're not solely defined by any of those things, neither is anyone else. Right? Even the people that we disagree with, even the people whose viewpoints we just don't understand, they're not defined by a single story either. Each of us are brought into the family of God undeserving. Each of us are brought into God's family amid all of our intersecting identities, all the ways we screw up, all the ways we fall short, all the ways from which we are different from one another. Despite all the things that separate Philip and the Ethiopian eunuch, actually, now that we think of it... It's kind of reductive to keep calling him an Ethiopian eunuch, isn't it? It's reductive. It's reducing him down. So maybe for the rest of our message today, I'm going to call him the treasurer of Ethiopia. We'll get a little bit of a different spin on his identity, right? Okay, so despite all the things that separate Philip and the treasurer of Ethiopia, the Holy Spirit joins them together in the reading of Scripture. As they're going along the way, the treasurer of Ethiopia sees water in the wilderness and asks such a powerful question. What is to prevent me from being baptized? One response that we might expect from Philip is for him to recall any of those labels we discerned earlier to be a barrier that could keep him from belonging well it's because of your ethiopianness or because you're a eunuch or because you're jewish or because you're the queen's treasurer or any other of those labels we see these kinds of barriers erected around baptism all the time in our world what's to prevent me from being baptized Well, some churches may say, well, you don't believe in X, Y, or Z. Or, well, you belong to a different denomination than the rest of us. Or, you prefer communion in a different way than the rest of us. Or, you like worship in a different style than the rest of us. We use difference as an excuse to build barriers to belonging. But right here in Acts, just a handful of chapters into church history, Philip can discern that the Holy Spirit desires for everyone to belong. I'm going to say that again because it cannot be said too many times. The Holy Spirit desires for everyone to belong. And we are witnesses to belonging because we have seen what God has done through Philip, a disciple of Jesus. We're witnesses to belonging because we have seen times where God has moved in our lives to invite us into relationship with a person or a community of people in a new way. A pastor and seminary professor, Willie Jennings, powerfully captures not only Christ's call to discipleship, but also what that means for us in our community. He writes this, He says, a disciple of Jesus is someone who not only enters the story of another people, but also someone ready to enter the stories of those to whom they are sent by God. Christians have often failed to see difference as an invitation to change, transform, or expand our identities into the ways of life of other people. Who are the people nearest us, he asks, that the Spirit is pressing us to get to know, to come to appreciate, to ultimately join? Such a question presses us beyond the still common way of embracing different people, either through assimilation which is to say that you can belong, but only if you walk, talk, and act like us, which is really no way to embrace at all. Or through what Dr. Jennings calls segregated toleration. But neither of these options make it possible for us to follow the movement of the Spirit. Neither of these options make it possible for us to follow in the footsteps of Philip. So who are the people nearest us that the spirit is pressing us to get to know who are the people nearest us that the spirit is pressing us to come to appreciate to ultimately join together in our life whether this morning is your first time here or whether you've been coming here your whole life we believe that call god calls us to be with one another in worship and fellowship to join one another in our life together. I think the story of Philip and the treasurer of Ethiopia reminds us that your differences are not your deficiencies. And neither are your neighbors. Our differences exist because God has created us as individuals to be our own people with our own gifts, our own skills, and yet... God has called us together to be the church. To be the body of Christ, active and moving in the world. Welcoming people into our life together. To be witnesses of belonging, because once we were far off and we were welcomed in as well. So may we never forget that none of us can be reduced to one aspect of our humanity. Nobody can be reduced to one of the adjectives that describe us. And may we also remember that all of us, you and me and every single person on God's green earth, is known by the name Child of God. And so we say thanks be to God. Amen.